Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Part of the interruption, but I'm Frank Isola. Wilbon has the day off, so I'm so honored that Tony invited me down to co-host. And Tony Kornheiser, you're the man, Hank. Oh, it's a new set. You must be a little confused. So I always like when that happens. I used to write columns, and I used to, I used to quote people as saying to me, "That was a good piece, Timmy." I thought <laughs> that was fun. I say you should be back writing once a week. Do you want to hear a true story? I met Damian Woody the other day in in Miami Beach, and he said, "Hi, Mike." That's true. You look alike. He said, I don't know. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Wilbon is running two-a-days for his all-star celebrity team. <laughs> so I am joined by our great friend, Mr. Frank Isola. Ah, now he knows my name. Thank you. And we begin today with the Philadelphia 76ers losing again on the road to a good team, this time Milwaukee. Joel Embiid shot six for 26, while the man he was guarding, Giannis Antetokounmpo, finished with 36 points and 20 <laughs> rebounds. After the game, the TNT crew lit up the Sixers. Shaq called Embiid soft, really soft, and Barkley said, quote, I think they are the softest, <laughs> mentally weakest team that had a bunch of talent. They're the Cleveland Browns of the NBA. They got a lot of talent, and they talk the talk, and that's it, unquote. Frankie, you with Shaq and Charles. You know what? I would say soft. I would also say disconnected, immature. You know, they're a team that a lot of people thought could be a team that could make it to the finals. They're 9-19 and they're nine and 19 on the road. You cannot take a team seriously that is 9 and 19 on the road. Minnesota, the Timberwolves who haven't won in months, they have nine road wins. So that team is disconnected. They're two stars, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. The body language is terrible. Everything about this team doesn't look right. So I've been saying this for a while about Joel Embiid. Um, He's very, very mouthy for somebody who's never won anything. Uh, And and I I mean, I just, I don't necessarily know how that works. This is a team, the statistic you quote is damning but how about the fact they're one and 13 against teams with winning records so how do you say you're going to get somewhere now they played last night without the two shooters who they traded for from golden state so maybe that changes something but frank if it doesn't change anything i can't see brett brown coaching that team after the all-star game they're going to have to make some panic move change don't you think and they play memphis tonight they lose at home now if you go back to christmas day they beat the bucks since that game they're 8 and 11. And you hear the quotes come out of the locker room. Al Harper, who's a veteran player who should know better, says, we have internal issues. Well, I don't know if you want to be telling everybody that. So even the one guy you look to is kind of like the mature leader on that team. He seems to be saying the wrong things as well. Can I ask you about the Bucks? Because yesterday on this show, both Brian Windhorst and Wilbon said that they weren't really sure the Bucks were all that good. Las Vegas has the Bucks third this year behind the Clippers and the Lakers right now to win the championship, even though their record is... The best yep. in the league by far. So you're on talking, about getting out of, you're talking about getting out of the East or winning a championship? I am talking about winning a championship okay. or even just getting out. How do you feel about them? Why Why is a team with that kind of record not who, lauded? Well, who was in their way last year? Who beat them? That was Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. Kawhi's gone. gone. LeBron is gone. Kevin Durant's not playing. Giannis is head and shoulder. And here's the thing. We talk about being disconnected. Look at the way Giannis plays. He, he basically, He's a force of nature. He drives that bus. The Sixers are a jalopy trying to go uphill, and they have no gas. The team is going, they're heading the wrong direction. You might be right about Brett Brown. All right, while everyone mocked the Houston Rockets for downsizing, Mike D'Antoni's team, which last night didn't start a player taller than six foot six, defeated the mighty Los Angeles Lakers. 
James Harden jumped center, I kid you not, and Russell Westbrook scored 41 points as the mini Rockets paced in space, the Lakers in a submission. Tony Rockets GM Daryl Morey says he is, quote, very comfortable this team could beat the Lakers in a playoff series. Are you comfortable? Ooh, two things. Daryl Morey talked? <laughs> they let Daryl Morey out think, of the box? He actually talked? Him. Really? Uh, the, second, or the second thing I want to say, look, this is very impressive. I, yep. This is very impressive. But, you know, they pay coaches on other teams to look at film, too. This is the first That's time right. we've really seen the Rockets like this. And I would say that certainly before the playoffs, but at last gasp by the playoffs, somebody will have a defense out there. What I will say in defense of the Rockets is that I think that they have the one coach in the league, Mike D'Antoni, who would take a team like this, yep. sort of like the team he had in Phoenix, and That's said, exactly we're going right. to run, we're going to gun, and, and let everything else be damned, we can win this way. His assistant coach in Phoenix was Alvin Gentry. When Alvin Gentry was the assistant in Golden State and they won the championship, one of the first things he said was, got to give Mike D'Antoni a lot of credit. He's the one that really came up with small balls, shooting a lot of threes. Yeah. And if you go back to that Warriors lineup, their best lineup was at Hamptons 5. Now, Durant is out there at six foot ten, six foot eleven, but he's still basically a small forward. So that you, you have to remember that. But I do think it's interesting. If the Rockets, like we talk about how meaningless the regular season could be at times, if the Rockets had got blown out last night and Anthony Davis had a huge game and LeBron did, what would you be saying today about their small line? That it doesn't work at all. But, Thank but you. It, okay, but that's that is in fact not what happened. I mean, if I understand the calculus, it, it sort of works like this. We're going to take 63s a night. Yep. If you come out on us, we're going to let Russell Westbrook drive it right down your throat all the time. And in the meantime, we're going to trade three for two. So you can get all the twos yeah. you want in the paint, exactly but we're right. going to outscore you. I, Give them credit for at least being innovative in thinking, right? I mean, doesn't it feel yes. like a good thing? It's almost like they're saying, we know we can't match up against Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic, so we're just going to do something different and play small. Now, Harden only took 10 shots he last had 14 night. 14 points and they won. But here's something else. LeBron, the game before, made five three-pointers. It's almost like LeBron got a little three-point happy. He was one for eight on three. Oh, so I'll bet you the next time they play, he does not take eight three-pointers. In an interview that will air tonight on MLB Network, recently fired Astros manager A.J. Hinch says it is fair to ask whether the Astros' World Series victory in 2017 is tainted. Hinch said, quote, it's a fair question, and I think everyone's going to have to draw their own conclusion. I hope over time it's proven that it wasn't, but I understand the question. Unfortunately, we opened that door, unquote. Frank, what do you read into Hinch's answer? I think he's a guy that isn't that doesn't want to throw his players under the bus. Some of those same players, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, when they went to a fan fest about a week after all this stuff happened, never once said, you know who I feel bad for? A.J. Hinch and our general manager who both lost their jobs because the players didn't get That's touched right. in this. That's right. He's suspended for a year. Right. And he lost, you know, he already lost his job. He's fighting for his career. And Tony, anybody you talk to in baseball, players, coaches, media, they all love AJ Hinch. Yeah. So he's my trying friend to get Richie back Justice in. loves him more yep. than anybody in baseball. I understand that. It, it sounded to me, it sounded sort of like contrition of a sort. But to be fair, what he often says, and he's apologized. He says, yep. I'm sorry I didn't stop it. He doesn't say, Ice was wrong from day one. He has not said anything like that. If you listen to all of the tape, and I have, there's something like no one will know. You have to draw yeah. your own. No, 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 no. Come on. All right. You people cheated. You actually okay. cheated. And you cheated for a long period of time. He sounds to me like a guy in a moral dilemma, probably thinking, 
I love this game. I may never get back. I, I may never get back. What do I do? And how about Hank Aaron on the Today Show saying anybody associated with this should never be in baseball get again. Get rid of him. But I also think A.J. Hinch is thinking this. If you go back over the years, over the last 20 years, have there been any teams, and I'm being sarcastic here, that have won the World Series with maybe a player that was using performance-enhancing drugs? Sure. Do we talk about sure. those championships being tainted? So he's trying to say, okay, yes, we got caught doing something, just right. like the Red Sox got caught right. doing something, but ours is going to be tainted, but nobody else's. Well, the difference, the difference in, in quality here and quantity is that there is such a thing as a steroid era that affected the entire yes. sport. This is an isolated situation, and now they're saying that Boston will get punished, but not yeah. severely. Play, of no none of the players revenue. got punished. This is being laid at the feet of, of Alex Cora, obviously. Yeah. And Carlos him. Beltran. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I do think there's a difference between the cheating, although I suspect it's wider. Yes. I do suspect yep. it's wider. But baseball doesn't want to know is, it's wider. Will A.J. Hinch that. manage again? I would hire him, but I think he's a man who thinks he might not ever. Uh, and he's a young man and a talented man. Yes. And but, we watched that interview. That's how he comes across. Yeah. yeah. All right. The Super Bowl may be over, but we do have football this weekend. Vince McMahon has resurrected the XFL, an eight-team league with a big television deal. In fact, Seattle is right here to face D.C. tomorrow. Hot Fiber's here with tickets if you want to go. We can Tony Kornheiser will be at the game at a celebrity sighting at parking. the game. Other leagues have tried and failed to give their fans a football fix in the spring, including most recently, Tony, your favorite league, the Alliance of American Football. Yeah. Tony, are you optimistic that the XFL will work second time around? I'm kind of skeptical. Um, we have seen... In not, not just in recent years, but you go back away. We saw the USFL as a spring league. We saw the XFL. We saw the AF. Yep. <laughs> the USFL had a chance, but then they entered into a lawsuit, yep. which they nominally won against the NFL that Donald Trump actually yep. led. And then it was a long time. The XFL, I don't know, lasted a day and a half and the AF lasted 14 minutes. So I, I don't, I, I don't know. I think it's possible. Wilbon always talks about the appetite for football. In the United States of America, the NFL is number one. College football is number two. There is no number three. Yep. And it may be that people love the NFL so much that that they won't love another league. We don't know the names of the teams. We don't know what cities. We don't know anything about and It also feels somewhat seasonal, too, where you, the football fan kind of is ready now to move on. And they'll move on to college basketball. They know the draft is coming around. The draft gets promoted. It becomes a huge event. Now, the McKinsey Global Institute, they did a study. Remember, they did one on this show once uh, many years ago. Is that claim Rich McKenzie? Exactly. They say that 40 million hardcore fans want football after the Super Bowl. Well, you get 40 million, you're going to be fine because every single game is on television. But can you name anybody in the league? Can you name the, can you name the actual teams? Well, if there's seven of them are in NFL City. St. Louis is the other one. You mentioned the USFL. Here's one thing about that league. They had stars. Herschel Walker. Yeah, Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie. They had stars. Anthony Carter. Remember the great uh, yeah. wide receiver from Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. You also had Bobby Abers. Your guy, Steve Young. Yeah. So that's kind of it, too. You, you I, need some big players. I think you have to maybe poach somebody from the NFL, but why would they leave? I'm not... So I don't know. I'm skeptical. I'd like it to do well, but I'm skeptical. Let's take a break. Spring Band is a lot of money. Coming up. Yeah, not that much money. Can we trust top-ranked teams like Baylor, Dayton, and San Diego State? We're going to ask Jay Billis. We'll also ask him whether Coach K is right that college basketball needs stronger leadership right now. McMahon has like $2 billion, which is a tremendous amount of money. But that can go and... Sign Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, you can do that. Why not? Sign Andrew Luck. That's Oliver right. Luck's kid. That's right. That's Sign him. his kid. Yeah.
With the NFL season over and the NBA about to go on break, let's figure out what is going on in college basketball with ESPN college basketball analyst and fellow attorney. Yes, I'm an attorney, Jay Billis. Let's start with this. We've got teams like Baylor and San Diego State and Dayton all in the top six. Should we trust these teams to deliver in the actual tournament? Well, all of them probably aren't going to deliver in the tournament because the tournament is there's a randomness to it, especially this year. But they're all legit and especially relative to the field like Baylor's one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. They're excellent defensively. They've got great guards. Dayton has what I consider to be the best player in the country in Obi Toppin. Uh, and San Diego State has the best team I think they've ever had there. They're including the, the team that had Kawhi Leonard because they, they are multifaceted on offense. And they've got a great score in, in Malachi Flynn, who transferred in Washington State. And they're the the normal San Diego State ridiculously good defense. So uh, especially against the field this year, which is not as powerful, uh, each one of those teams can wind up in Atlanta in the Final Four. They're, they're all capable. Jays in Chapel Hill, of course, for Duke UNC tomorrow. Roy Williams said this is the least gifted team I've ever coached. Is that his fault? Well, from a responsibility standpoint, yes, because he's responsible for recruiting the players. But North Carolina has had some things that have happened this year, mostly injury, that have limited what they can do. But it is the least gifted team that I can recall that Roy Williams has had uh, with regard to talent. And part of that is they lost a bunch of players from last year. They lost their top five scorers. The other part is... Uh, this is in part a result of all that NCAA trouble they had for a number of years over the academic issue. And that hurt them in recruiting. Uh, and, and it, it's hurting now, but they've got four McDonald's All Americans that are going to be signed and coming in next year. So it's, it's going to be a short lived problem. And, it, it, you know, for one year, North Carolina was like most other teams. Uh, but that, that has not been the norm. And it, I think it shows just how great this program has been over the years, uh, that they're 500 and the, the, the sky is falling if we talk about north carolina of course we're going to talk about duke and we'll talk about your former college go to duke mike chashevsky who says college basketball needs stronger leadership do you see college basketball as in some sort of decline or is just this just a weird outlier year well, it's a weird outlier year as far as the the quality of teams that we have. We just don't have overwhelming force among the top teams like we normally would, like we had in 2015 when Kentucky was 38-0 going to the Final Four, stuff like that. I think what he was talking about is the overall leadership, not only in the game, but I think it extends just to college athletics, period. And here's the biggest problem I have. Uh, you know, football was taken away from the NCAA years ago, and it's very healthy, and I think those two things are related. Uh, the biggest problem I think we have in basketball is that, that we have all these great institutions that should be welcoming players to stay in school and thinking of ways to incentivize them to stay in school. And instead, we seem to be putting up barriers and speed bumps for them. And I think that's a huge mistake. And we've taken a, a attack blaming all of our problems on one and done. We've had the FBI investigation and Southern District of New York and criminal prosecutions over, over players getting a few bucks. Uh, it, it's really ridiculous when you step back from this multi-billion dollar business. But one thing we should be doing is we should be welcoming players to school and not acting like if they're not Bill Bradley or Shane Battier, we don't want them at all. And we should we should stop blaming our problems on one-and-done players and look for, for ways where if a, if a player decides to test the waters and maybe go into the draft and doesn't like where he's drafted, that we should welcome him back. Uh, our, our door being open is on us. If they decide to leave, that's on them. But we should be welcoming them back, and we are not doing that. Well, that being said, Jay, uh, NBA teams are gearing up for 2021 
when high schoolers could go right into the NBA draft. How do you think that will affect recruiting? It'll affect it in a big way, Frank. And if you remember back in in the early 2000s, you know, the one and done rule came in probably about 2007, give or take, uh, 2006. And people tend to forget what a mess recruiting was back then because you were recruiting players that ultimately would decide to go into the NBA right out of high school. So it was a mess for coaches. Uh, it was it was a mess for the NBA, which is why they put the rule in in the first place, because they, they were they were having to babysit a bunch of high school kids, which they really didn't want to do. And it was really expensive for them to run a developmental league. Uh, now with the G League being ramped up, uh, it's a little more palatable and the player, the, the talent now is cheaper to be able to develop. So it, it's a little bit easier, but it's going to be a mess for college. And I think we're going to, I, I think we're going to regret not having Kevin Durant and Derek Rose and Kevin Love and Zion Williamson and you name all the rest that were, that were, you know, quote unquote one and dones, uh, that were, that we thought were a problem and they weren't a problem. They were inc- an incredible benefit benefit to have in college and I think it was a benefit to them to be there and establish relationships with uh with these great institutions where they're more likely to come back and I think closing the door to that is a is a mistake for everyone involved. Now one thing I like what they did they did move the three point line back one foot. Do you think it has hurt or helped the game? Well, Frank, I think it's ultimately going to help the game. When the three-point line has been moved back in years past, we've seen a, a short drop in percentages, and it's usually around 1%, which is what we have this year. The benefit of moving the line back is for spacing. So you can space the floor. Theoretically, it's better for the officials to be able to see when there are when they're, uh, uh, fouls for, on cutters. You're bumping cutters, grabbing cutters. They certainly haven't called it this year. That's been a huge problem. Freedom of movement is dead in college basketball after a three-year lifespan. Uh, but I, I think it will ultimately improve the game. But the next thing we have to do, and we should have done it this time, is in addition to moving the line back, we should have moved the uh, the lane and made the lane bigger, just like it is in FIBA, uh, international basketball, and like it is in the NBA, because that would that would reduce the amount of physicality in the post and, and make a better game. It doesn't eliminate post play, because we've got a lot of great post players, uh, but it would eliminate a lot of the overtly physical play that we have in the post. Uh, we'll get you out of here on this, and we do this just so we can mock you later. What is your <laughs> final four right now uh kansas gonzaga uh dayton and louisville and wow. and dayton is one of the teams you mentioned before yeah. and i'm telling you they have got a, a, an outstanding team and ob toppin is going to be a top five pick he is the best player in the country and uh, and he will prove it he, he's the real deal thank you jay that was great thank you thank you thank you thanks jake Thank you. You can watch College Game Day live from North Carolina tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Let's take one last break, but still to come, Jackson Hayes throws one down on Wilbon's beloved bull. <laughs> and did Giannis disrespect James Harden during last night's All-Star Draft? That was just great. That was good. And then I looked in the wrong camera. <laughs> you know, I was camera sort of two. hoping to look camera in the right two. cameras, too. And I looked in three. It's a new studio. It's not my fault, actually. <laughs> it is my fault. It is. Happy time. People, happy 32nd birthday, Matthew Stafford. Eight games into last season, Stafford had 19 touchdowns and five interceptions and his best passing rating ever, 106.0. How valuable is Stafford? Well, after that game, he broke his back. He missed the final eight games of the season. And how did the Lions do? How does 0-8 sound to you? (laughs) People who think the Lions should move on from Matthew Stafford are insane. Is he going to be healthy? He's had three back injuries. Don't know. That's the question. I like him, but he's got to be healthy. That's That's the issue. 
Happy anniversary, Drew Brees. On this day 10 years ago, you led the Saints past Peyton Manning and the Colts to win the Super Bowl for New Orleans. Drew Brees has more touchdowns, more completions, more yards, and a higher completion percentage than any quarterback ever. But he's privately mulling retirement. Ten days ago, he said it would take him a month or so to figure out whether he wants to play football anymore. So we're all sitting and watching the clock. Frank, what do you think he'll do? There's been talk about him going to TV. That'll be there. Play one more year. They got a talented roster. Go for it. Try to Great get another player. Super Bowl. Great player. Happy trails to the Chicago Bulls. No one cares about the Bulls other than Wilbon. <laughs> True. They're terrible and irrelevant as a franchise. But since he's not here, <laughs> let's trash him. Just like Jackson Hayes did last night with his high-flying follow dunk. And that's nothing compared Whoa. to what Hayes did to another bull in summer league last year. And Hayes isn't even the best dunker on the team. That's Zion Williamson, and he had 21 points on 9 of 11 shooting. One correction. Jay Billis suggested in the break that it was Don Nelson and not Mike D'Antoni who started small ball in the NBA. Maybe new stat boy role for Jay. Blame Alvin Gentry. He said it, not me. I was just conveying the message. Here we go to the Man. big finish. Carly Anthony Towns told The Athletic that getting D'Angelo Russell is a big incentive for him to stay. Your thoughts? Sounds like he's saying, I'm not going to threaten to leave. He's under contract for four more years. Kyle Shanahan said Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the main reasons the 49ers got to the Super Bowl. Is that a strong endorsement? Yes, for all those people who are saying they're going to get rid of him and get Tom Brady. It sounds like they want him. You're a soccer guy. U.S. women against Mexico tonight. What do you expect? What do you think is happening tonight? We're the best in the world. They win tonight. They qualify for Tokyo. Giannis picked Kemba over James Harden in the All-Star Draft saying, I want someone who's going to pass. That's a diss. Your reaction. Everybody should say that to Harden. <laughs> Come on. Last one. Raptors go for the 13th in a row in Indy tonight. Do you like their chances? When they beat Indiana the other night, they scored the last 11 points of the game. The Pacers will win tonight, however. How about you? You really think that's going to yeah. happen? At home. They'll be at home. They need a win. They've been struggling without. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Frank Isol. Have a great weekend. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Reef Grill in Juno Beach. Shout out. You ever eat there? XFL tonight, by the way. Really? Tomorrow. PTI.